Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. Today, we're going to go over the ultimate guide to fat loss, everything you need to know to simplify fat loss and stop struggling or wondering where to begin or what you need to be doing to lose fat. Um, We're going to go over the fat loss hierarchy or the order of importance when it comes to fat loss. So, what is the most important to the least important thing you need to focus on if your main goal is fat loss? Um, so obviously this entire podcast is dedicated, um, or at least this entire episode is dedicated to um, optimizing your fat loss. Um, so if you have another goal, this is not the podcast for you, but if your goal is fat loss and you're ready to stop struggling, this is the episode for you. Um, I just created a 20 plus page guide um, on this entire topic. So if you want the more condensed version, check the show notes. It'll be right there. I know some of you don't have a lot of time to always listen to a full podcast and I do talk a lot. I ramble a lot. So completely understandable. Um, If you want to check that out again, it is in the show notes. Grab your copy of the ultimate guide to fat loss. But we will dive right in. Um, I do want a couple caveats before we start this. We need to make sure that you are in a good spot to lose fat first and foremost. Because we know, and I've talked about this on here before, that we don't necessarily struggle with training or nutrition. That's the easy stuff once we get the hang of it. Yes, it still takes effort and time. But that's not the stuff you generally struggle with. The stuff you generally struggle with is your relationship with food, your relationship with self, consistency, self-sabotage, emotional eating, binge eating, mindset. Those are the things that really come up and trip you up and cause you to fail. So I find that we always are asking the wrong questions like, oh, well, what workouts do I need to do? What foods do I need to eat? Um, All this kind of stuff. What supplements do I need to take? And, And those are great questions and they have their time and place, but... I find that we're asking the wrong questions as to why we're struggling. So I want to predicate this entire podcast with the disclaimer. If you are struggling with your relationship with food, self, um, consistency, self-sabotage, emotional eating, binge eating, mindset, if you're struggling with that stuff, then this stuff might not necessarily apply to you. I think that you need to work on that stuff first. This is what I call filling in the cracks in the foundation. This is the first phase I take all of my one-on-one coaching clients through is we need to um, do the internal work first and foremost. I kind of like to liken it to remodeling a house. If you are remodeling a house, because we're not a new build, we already have um, a past, we have preferences, we have um, dieting histories, we have all this other stuff. We're already a built house, but we need to remodel that house And we have to first fill in the cracks in the foundation because you can make the house look all nice and pretty, but if you do that and you still have cracks in the foundation, it's eventually going to crumble and you're going to have to start all over building that up from scratch. And that's the constant falling on and off or falling off your plan and having to restart. And that's what really causes you to struggle is the constant stopping and starting. So make sure that you are able to identify and fill in the cracks first and foremost before any of this really applies to you because if you try to go into a calorie deficit and you're struggling with your relationship with food you're struggling with binge eating or emotional eating or even consistency it's going to be really really hard to see long-term success without falling off or struggling a lot so i want you to to really be self-aware what i call painfully self-aware here and ask yourself are you ready for a fat loss phase if the answer is yes the rest of this podcast is no if the answer is no then click the link in the bio 
and or show notes. This is an Instagram post, um, but click the link in the show notes and apply for a free strategy call. Or if you're ready to make that jump, apply for one-on-one coaching. Um, the strategy call is something I offer out to everyone in my community. Uh, my community is everyone who listens to the podcast, checks out the website, reads the blog, is on social media with me. Um, you guys are my community, my Facebook group. I offer all of you a free strategy call just to sit down for 15 to 30 minutes and talk through your struggles and kind of let me point you in the right direction of what you need to be focusing on and how to actually do that, give you some actionable steps um, to take so you can start to make progress on your fitness goal. It's completely free. It's just something I like to do to help give back for you guys being in my community. So click the show notes, click the button in the show notes and schedule a call or like I said if you're ready to make that jump and apply for one-on-one coaching that is in the bio is or the show notes as well I'm gonna keep saying bio apparently but let's jump right into it so the fat loss hierarchy order of importance again I want you to kind we talked about this with strength training a little bit when we talked about the ultimate guide to or the beginner's guide to strength training and Again, I want you to picture a pyramid. The bottom of the pyramid is the most important and the top of the pyramid is the least important thing to focus on when it comes to fat loss. So number one on that list is consistency and then calories, then protein, micronutrients, movement, and then carbs and fats are at the top. So what I want to do is dive into each of these um, in that guide that's in the show notes. Oh, I did it that time. Um, in the show notes, the, the guide goes through each of these a little bit, but I wanted to be able to expand on them a little bit more. I was already at 20 pages in that guide, and it felt like it was getting a lot for someone to read, so I figured I'd make a podcast on it as well. So the first thing is consistency. Consistency is the most important um, thing on your fitness journey. It's the most important aspect of it because without consistency, nothing else matters because you can have the greatest plan in the world But if you can't stick to it, if you can't be consistent with it or adhere to it long term, it's not going to work. And with consistency, I also like to talk about enjoyment. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're also not going to stick to it long term. Um, So, for example, if, if if you love carbs, but you're like, Susie down the road did keto and she lost 50 pounds, I think I'm going to do keto and I'm just going to give up carbs. Well, you're probably going to start really, really craving carbs and then you're eventually going to give in and binge on those carbs and you're like, oh, shit. I fucked up, I fell off my diet, cool, back to keto again. And it's just, again, that constant stopping and starting that's causing you to struggle. Um, We just have to realize that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to fitness. So what works for Susie down the road might not work for you, and that's okay. We just have to choose something that we can see ourselves doing long-term and stick to long-term. So if you like breakfast, intermittent fasting probably isn't for you because you're skipping breakfast pretty much every single day. That's essentially what intermittent fasting is. You're just shortening your eating window. Um, You just have to realize that all diets work by creating a calorie deficit. So you just find a way that you actually enjoy doing that. And what I do with my clients is I teach them how to create food freedom through tracking calories and macros. So that is what I do because we're allowed to then still incorporate our favorite foods without having to feel restricted or eliminate anything from our diet. Um, so I think with inside of consistency, we just have to to really take a step back and say, what is what am I going to be able to do? What do I enjoy? Um, the analogy I always like here is stop trying to fit your puzzle piece into other people's puzzles. We have to take the pieces that you have, the things going on in your life, your preferences, um, your life experience, all this stuff, and we have to be able to start to build your puzzle with those pieces because that's what you're going to be able to stick to. 
because in, in all reality, we don't have a weight loss problem in this in this country or in this society in general. We have a weight maintenance problem. All diets work by creating a calorie deficit. That's great. Every diet is predicated on that, whether it's direct or indirect. All diets create a calorie deficit, but unsustainable fat loss methods create unsustainable results. And that's where the issue becomes is if you get there in a way that you can't sustain or don't enjoy or can't see yourself doing long term, then you're probably not going to be able to maintain those results. That's why dieting statistics are so, so bad. Dieting statistics are 95% of dieters don't ever maintain your results. So that means you might lose 60 pounds doing keto like Susie down the road, but there's a 95% chance that if you hate doing keto or you like carbs and it's not sustainable for you long-term, that you're probably going to gain that weight back. And that's, that's seen in practice as well. So we just have to find something that we can consistently stick to. And the way I like to do this is by the concept that I talk about here and I will always talk about is finding your floor. This is just the concept of figuring out what you can do on your worst, craziest week. So I want you to kind of think about what that would look like and envision that. Like the kids are, are having a crazy week with school and sports. You're working overtime. Your significant other is super busy with work. You have family events going on. There's just so much stuff going on and you're feeling overwhelmed. What can you still do to take at least one step forward towards reaching your goals? So pick one or two things, whether it's track your calories, track your protein, work out two to five times a week, eat more fruits and veggies. Hell, I don't care if it's just take a 10 minute walk. Let's start there. There's no right or wrong answer on any of those, but pick one or two things that you can see yourself consistently doing even when things get really fucking crazy. And it should be easy at first. It shouldn't be hard because the goal of finding your floor is to lower the barrier of entry for success. Make winning really easy because the way that you're going to going to do this and start to re reinforce this new identity that you have is by proving to yourself that you can do these things by constantly winning, by stacking wins. Because we know that action precedes identity change. Your identity is just the sum of your actions. So if you start to take the actions of someone that you want to become, of that new identity you want to become, you reinforce that new identity by constantly winning, by constantly doing those tasks. So if your worst, craziest week, you're like, well, I'm going to if you, if you don't try to find your floor and you're like, well, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I'm going to track my calories. I'm going to track my protein. I'm going to walk for an hour a day. I'm going to do all of these things. Like you try to do everything at once. That's where you fall off. But if you just start at your floor, you can start taking a step forward. Even if it's a small step, you're moving in the right direction and you can start to then raise your floor every single week from there on out. And then next thing you know, your floor two months later is where your ceiling used to be. Like if, if nothing was going on in your life, that's what you could accomplish. And that's now your floor. That's now the base. That is just your life. You've created a lifestyle now and that's how you create long-term success. So consistency is the most important part of your fat loss journey. Nothing else matters through the rest of this pyramid. If you can't stay consistent with it. Next on the list is calories. Like I said before, all diets work by creating a calorie deficit. We look at calories in versus calories out. This is what determines weight loss, weight gain, weight maintenance. So if you have a negative energy balance or you're consuming less calories than you burn, you'll lose weight. If you're consuming more calories than you burn, you'll gain weight. If that is equal, you'll maintain your weight. So whatever method you choose to do this, whatever 
quote-unquote diet you want to do. And I don't even really like to use the word diet the way that I think our culture uses it because diet is just the way that you eat. Dieting doesn't have to necessarily mean fat loss. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything with a name, but so often it's associated with specific diets that have a name. But dieting should just be the way you eat. And if you start to view it that way, I think it makes it a lot easier because, again, Whatever you can see yourself doing long-term is what's going to work for you because unsustainable methods create unsustainable results. So we have to, we know, get into a calorie deficit to lose weight, but this doesn't mean that we have to restrict our foods or restrict life choices. I think that's actually the opposite of what you want to do. If you start to, to view food as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, you start to have a very restrictive mindset around food. That's what you see lead to binges, lead to falling off, inconsistency. So I, the way I like to approach it with my clients is, again, tracking calories to create food freedom. Because if you have calories equated, if you know you're in a calorie deficit, you can still have pizza and cake and cookies and your favorite foods, whatever those are, pasta, chips. You can still have those things and lose weight. And it's about making sure that you're still in a calorie deficit. So... How do we actually determine our calories? How do we know where we should be at to be in a calorie deficit? Number one, um, this is what I really like to do. This is the first the first week of every client that I train. This is the very first thing we do is what I call the awareness week. All I want you to do is track your calories for one to two weeks and really build awareness around where you're currently at. Because if we can build awareness around where you're at, we know what we need to do. We know how to bridge that gap from where you're at to where you need to be to be able to reach your goals. And then number two is use a calorie calculator. A total daily energy or TDEE calculator can estimate how many calories you should be eating. Um, If you put in numbers, it'll pop out um, how many calories per day you should be eating at maintenance, um, what your basal metabolic rate is, or just pretty much how many calories you burn at rest. And then it'll give you... Um, options like sedentary, light exercise, moderate exercise, heavy exercise, or that you're an athlete. And the one I did here um, gave us a range of 1,973 calories all the way up to 3,123. So it's a pretty big range. Um, This gives us a really nice ballpark, but because it is such a wide range, um, because it's all predicated on activity level, it it gives us a ballpark of where we should be at. But again, a super wide range. It doesn't take into account dieting history, preferences, habits, who you are as a person. It doesn't take into account any of that. It's just a an equation, and you're much more than an equation. So that was really deep. <laughs> but it, it takes into account a lot of it doesn't take into account a lot of other things. So we like to use the awareness week and get an idea of where you're actually at versus where you quote unquote should be at. And let's compare those two. Let's see if you're ready to be in a fat loss phase. If you're eating like 1,800 calories a day and that's supposed to be what you could do to lose weight and you're just maintaining your weight, well, you might not be ready for a a deficit right now. We might have to go back to the very beginning of this podcast and talk about some of that other stuff first and foremost before we are able to jump into a diet. But let's say that you are in a good spot to lose fat. Let's say you are in a good spot to um, be in a deficit. Well, we know about a four to 500 calorie deficit is a good place to start. Um, You can go all the way up to about a thousand calorie deficit. This is going to give us about one to two pounds per week. 
So the way that we figure this out is one pound of fat contains 3,500 calories. So if you divide that by seven, you get 500, which means you need to be in a 500 calorie deficit seven days a week. So about a 500 calorie deficit seven days a week is going to lead to about one pound of fat lost. Um, you could do up to a thousand. Again, it's really dependent on your individual situation. So if you do have any questions on that, feel free to reach out and I can try to help you again, try to go book that strategy call and we can talk about this stuff about you in depth, um, as an individual. But if you are way overweight, if you have like more than 50 pounds to lose, that's okay you can probably lose more than one to two pounds a week and it's not going to negatively impact you. If you are on the leaner side already and you only have maybe 10 or 15 pounds to lose, we want to stick closer to that one pound per week. But in all honesty, losing fat slower is generally going to be the more sustainable route to go. Um, when you go again, fat, fat loss is generally unsustainable fat loss. So not something we want to rush here. Um, the, the longer that you can push that out and the slower you can go, the better you're going to be able to keep that weight off. But we have now determined our calories. We've gone through the awareness week and we have looked at what our, what we're supposed to be at with the calculator. So we know about what our maintenance calories are. So we know how big of a deficit that we want to get into, how much weight do we want to try to lose per week? It doesn't always work like that in practice because we know the scale fluctuates a lot. Um, but that's the general idea of a 500 calorie deficit that you'll always hear if you Google like how to lose weight or what should I do for my calorie deficit? Like that's about what it'll tell you is a 500 to 1000 calorie deficit to give you about one to two pounds per week. That's generally a pretty safe recommendation. But it might be more for some, it might be less for some. And one caveat I want to throw in there is, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, is it's not generally the absolute size of the deficit that's going to cause the um, issues that you see with dieting. Or it, it is the absolute um, size of the deficit that's going to cause any issues. So if you're in a very, very large deficit, then we are going to see some metabolic adaptation. Metabolic adaptation is normal. It is something to be expected while you're dieting. Um, but I think metabolic adaptation is also blown out of proportion for the most part. So that's a whole nother discussion we can have on another podcast. Um, in fact, I'll probably do a podcast on, on metabolic adaptation, reverse dieting, all that kind of stuff here in the near future. So if you want to hear that, if you have any questions, um, send me a message and I will answer those on that podcast as well. I think that'll be a good topic to go over. Um, number two or number three on this list is protein. Protein is the most important macronutrient for body composition change. It has the highest thermic effect of feeding, which means compared to the other macros, carbs and fats, it is it costs the most to digest and absorb, um, which means you burn more calories digesting and absorbing protein. So again, that is one of the parts of your calories out part of the equation. So High thermic effect of feeding also helps maintain and build muscle mass. Protein is essential to building muscle and can make the big difference between fat loss and weight loss. That is a big distinction that we want to we want to talk about here. Is are you losing fat or are you losing weight? Because losing weight can also mean lean body tissue, muscle mass, stuff like that. So we want to make sure we're aiming towards fat loss. So you can get that by eating a higher protein diet and resistance training. But protein also keeps you the most satiated. 
It's the most filling of all of the three macros, so it'll help keep you full longer, which is important if we're in a calorie deficit. One of the big issues that people struggle with is hunger, so being able to stay full in between meals is going to be really important. Otherwise, you can learn you can lean towards overeating and getting yourself out of that deficit and no longer losing fat. Um, so a good recommendation for protein is anywhere from 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. I think one gram per pound of body weight for most people is a pretty solid recommendation. Again, if you're 300 plus pounds, then we might want to go towards the lesser end, even down to 0.66 or 0.7 grams per, per pound of body weight. Um, but if you are less than that, then about one gram per pound of body weight. I'm never going to expect you to eat 300 grams of protein per day. Um, so the higher your, uh, your weight is, the lower you can go on that and still see the same benefits from it. Cause generally it's going to work on lean body mass rather than total absolute mass. Um, so if you do want a protein guide, I have a protein guide that has 50 plus options and tips on how to hit your protein goal. Um, I will also drop that in the show notes. I'm just giving away all the stuff today. So be on the lookout for that there as well. Again, 50 plus protein options and tips on how to hit your protein goal. But protein's one that a lot of people struggle with. So I'm going to give a couple tips on here as well. Um, number one would be, let's look at what you're currently doing and can we add more protein to each meal? The answer is almost always yes. Um, if you are actually maxing out, if you're having six, seven, eight or more um, ounces of protein at each meal, then cool. Let's go to step number two. Can we optimize the protein sources that you're currently having? If you're having... 85% ground beef. Can we go up to 96% ground beef? Now you're getting more protein per calorie. Um, if you're having chicken thighs, can we go to chicken breast, for example? Again, more calories or more protein per calorie. So let's get a little bit of a leaner option. And then number three, if you're maxing both of those out, can we add in a protein supplement, protein shake, or another meal focused around protein? Um, a good way to do this is take like your total protein that you're going to have throughout the day and divide it by how many meals you're planning to have during the day. So if you're having four meals a day at a uh, hundred grams of protein, you're gonna have 25 grams of protein at each meal. These are just random numbers, I'm making math easy for myself because math is hard. But then it would give you 25 grams of protein at each meal. So if you're having uh, one meal, you're like your first meal has less protein than 25, then the next meal you're gonna make up for that a little bit. Um, that's how you're gonna hit it. If you have a little bit more at the first meal, then you can have a little bit less at the next meal. And it's just kind of a give and take there, but it gives you an idea of what to aim for for each meal. And tip number four is try to front load protein. Um, try to get in as much protein in that first meal, um, or at least before noon as possible. If you can get a significant amount of your protein in, in the beginning of the day, it just makes your life way easier. You don't have to think about it and you're able to just kind of go about your day and it just allows a lot more flexibility and freedom into your life. So protein is the third tier of this pyramid. Next up is micronutrients. So up to this point, every tier has been about strictly fat loss, um, from here on out, it's not necessarily strictly fat loss, but these are all important things when we are trying to lose fat. Um, this tier, micronutrients, and so vitamins, minerals, and fiber, is all about how well your body functions, your overall health, gut health, and how you just feel. Micronutrients are something that aren't produced by the body, so must be digested in the diet. But if you, you can focus on just calories when you're trying to lose weight and still have success because at the end of the day, a calorie deficit is what's going to cause fat loss. If you are eating less calories than you're burning, you are going to lose fat. But 
if you do that, and that's uh, the popular diet that came out like two, early 2010s, um, or maybe even a little bit before that, was if it fits your macros, which is essentially on this topic. Um, if it fits your macros was eating, tracking your protein, carbs, and fats, and calories, and you could pretty much fit whatever you wanted inside of those as long as it fit your macros. And that's where people were eating multiple things of Pop-Tarts every day, ice cream every day, like all these things, all your favorite foods. They were eating them every single day, which sounds great. And it is to a point, but I think that there has to be a more balanced approach to that because when you're doing that, you're not getting these micronutrients in and you're just going to feel like shit. You're going to function like shit because you're eating just heavily, highly processed foods that lack a lot of important nutrients and vitamins and minerals and fiber are what make you feel good or make make your body function well. So if you're lacking those, you're really going to feel it. Your performance in the gym is going to go down. Your biofeedback, sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, stress, those things are all going to be out of whack. You're just not going to be in a good spot, but you can lose some body fat. Um, so I guess that's a win. But if you are looking to not feel like shit and lose fat, then I believe in the 80-20 rule. So the 80-20 rule is essentially 80% of our foods are coming from whole food sources, lean meats, fruits, veggies. Um, Kind of think about like the outside of the grocery store, um, the outside aisles in the very front of the grocery store, shopping from those areas are generally going to be less processed, um, higher nutrient foods. Um, the, The foods we think of generally as healthier uh, the, we want 80% of our foods coming from that and 20% of our foods can come from wherever you want, whatever sources you want. Enjoy yourself, have a date night, get a pizza, get some ice cream, whatever. 20% of your food's coming from that. Um, but that 80% in eating that way allows you to not only function well while losing fat, but it also allows you the flexibility of incorporating that stuff into your diet. And that's how you really do create food freedom there. So Micronutrients aren't necessarily going to aid in fat loss directly, but they indirectly do make a huge impact on fat loss. You can also get a lot more volume of those foods in. So like a hundred calories of like fruits and veggies is a lot denser or is a lot more volume than a hundred calories of like a bag of chips. Like a bag of chips, a hundred calories is like nothing, but a hundred calories of veggies is a shit ton of food. So you can stay full longer. Again, it's just going to help with so many aspects of fat loss, but it is all indirect. It doesn't directly influence your calories, but it does indirectly influence them because you're eating less highly processed foods, um, which have a whole host of other issues um, outside of just being relatively nutrient void. But it's also way easier to overeat on those foods. So you can stay full longer. You can eat more food and enjoy yourself while feeling healthy and losing fat. And it gives you that 20% to actually go out and enjoy those foods without feeling guilty or falling off. Next up on the list is movement. Again, movement, yes, can actually directly impact fat loss. It can directly impact the calories out part of the equation, but we shouldn't exercise to burn calories. We should exercise to become healthier, improve our cardiovascular health, endurance, and build muscle, um, work on bone health. There's there's a whole, whole host of benefits to strength training. Um, if you want my entire beginner's guide to strength training. I'll also drop that in the the show notes as well. Uh, Like I said, just dropping everything in there. So go take advantage of those. 
Um, but I think resistance training or weightlifting is the one of the most underrated ways to change your physique outside of fat loss. If you take your current body and you add 10 pounds of muscle mass to it, you're going to look drastically different. But if you lose 10 pounds of fat, you might not look that different. It might not really show that much. Um, but adding 10 pounds of lean mass to your body is going to make you look much different. It can actually make you look more quote unquote toned. You can't tone a muscle, but you know what I'm talking about when we are, we're saying toned. Um, but not only is it, is it really, really great for health, it can help improve your metabolism as well. Uh, muscle is more metabolically active tissue. It costs more to just have muscle mass around. So the more muscle mass you have around, the higher your metabolism is going to be just doing nothing. It's not a great impact. Um, it is not like a drastic impact, but it does have a small impact and it can play that way over time. But more than anything, um, adding muscle mass to your frame is, is only ever going to benefit you and it's only going to look really fucking cool and who doesn't like getting strong. So go strength train. And inside of movement, we also want to talk about the most underrated form of exercise that literally everyone can do because there's a very, very low barrier of entry and no equipment is needed to do it is walking. Walking eight to 10,000 steps a day is so important if your goal is fat loss. Again, this is directly impacting the calories out part of the equation. Um, your knee or non-exercise activity thermogenesis is one of four parts of your calories out or total daily energy expenditure. Um, so this is the one that we have the most like influence over on a day-to-day -day basis. We can't really influence BMR. That's just set for the most part. You can add a little bit of muscle mass, but again, it's not a very big and it's not a very quick process. Um, you can very slightly influence the thermic effect of food, but with NEAT, you really can make a difference. Your exercise activity thermogenesis, you can't make that much of a difference to either. Um, you're, it's, you're, it's just unsustainable to try to work yourself out into a calorie deficit because you're just going to have to continue to do more and more and more. And it's just easier to manipulate nutrition rather than exercise. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis, doing things like walking, um, is one of the best things you can do for your health, for your cardiovascular health, and for fat loss because it's going to help you increase your calorie burn throughout the day. Eight to 10,000 steps a day isn't a magic number by any means, but for most people, especially if your goal is fat loss, it's probably going to increase your activity a little bit. And if you're already someone who takes eight to 10,000 steps a day, aim for 12 or 15, whatever it is, increase your steps just a little bit. Um, and that's why people track steps. I know, I know you hear all the time about 10,000 steps a day. Again, not a magic number. It just for most people aren't taking 10,000 steps a day. So if you aim for 10,000 steps a day, it's going to drastically improve your activity. So you're going to burn more calories. So I think aiming for a minimum of 8,000 per day, you can always exceed that. But if you get at least 8,000 a day, you're setting yourself up for some good success. And last up on the pyramid, the least important thing to focus on when your goal is fat loss is carbs and fats. Carbs and fats, the ratio really doesn't make a difference um, in terms of fat loss. Now, carbs are your body's preferred fuel source, so they are important if you want to optimize your performance in the gym. Um, I would eat them around your workout window before and after even during your workout can be important and dietary fats are important for digestion and absorption of vitamins and minerals and for optimal optimal hormone health but if you don't have like super drastic goals in the gym if you want to just look better naked feel better in a bikini at the gym 
uh, or in the gym, at the beach, if you want to feel more confident, if you want to just look better, feel better, function better. And all you need to do is track protein and calories in the gym. Like if you don't want to be an elite power lifter or an elite athlete of any sense, you just want to look better, feel better, function better, then tracking carbs and fats is just going to make things more confusing. And if we take carbs and fats out of the equation, um, you track your calories and your protein. Once you hit your protein goal, the rest of your calories can come from either carbs or fats. And for most people, you're going to find that you're relatively in the middle on eating carbs and fats. So it's not really going to make a difference one way or the other. One day you might be higher fat. One day you might be higher carb and that's okay. They're going to even out in the, in the, end of everything. So don't stress about it too much. Not tracking carbs and fats allows a lot more flexibility in your life too, because when we go out to eat, you're generally eating higher carb or higher fat meals and lower protein. So as long as you're still hitting your protein goal, you're front loading protein that day, you still have the ability to go out and enjoy a couple drinks, enjoy a meal out with your significant other or friends or whatever, because you have those carbs and fats to spare. So as long as you're doing that and planning correctly, you can still have a lot of freedom in your life and still lose a ton of fat and still make progress. You don't have to restrict or eliminate anything from your life. And in fact, kind of a tangent here, but I think that you should start to view this fat loss game as something of inclusion rather than exclusion. So when we talk about inclusion and exclusion, uh, most diets work by exclusion. Most people talk about exclusion. What do you need to take away from your life? Don't eat ice cream. Don't eat pizza. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't eat those foods. Take that away from your diet. Get rid of carbs. Get rid of your eating window. And like, All that stuff works, yes, but if we focus on inclusion rather than exclusion, inclusion is can we add more fruits and veggies into our life? Can we add more movement into our life? Can we add resistance training into our life? Can we add more high high nutritious foods into our life, more high fiber foods? Can we add more sleep? Can we add more water? Adding stuff into your life and focusing on what you can add to your life to make yourself healthier is always going to get you further than exclude, 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 because then you end up in that restrictive mindset. And that just leads to a lot of other issues down the road. Um, it it just, I think it comes down to psychology. Honestly, when you view things as restrictive, you feel restricted in your life, your life choices, and you want to rebel against that. And when you view things as like, okay, I can still do that stuff, but I'm focusing mostly on what I can include in my life. That's going to lead me to a healthier lifestyle. And I've just found a lot more success with that, with myself and with my clients when we just make that small perspective shift. But that is the fat loss hierarchy, the ultimate guide to fat loss. Again, that was consistency, calories, protein, micros, movement, carbs, and fats. That is all I have for you guys. If you guys have made it this far, I know I rambled on for 34 minutes. I can't believe I talked that long sometimes, but thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. I will see you guys on the next episode. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.